I know you had that holy fuck moment with the Nick Cage thing. Have you ever had that with a band or artist, like on the music side, where you're like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm doing a video. Corn was that. like, yeah, Corn was yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's like you know, Freak on a Leash, and like they had some amazing, iconic videos that, you know, and then to work with them and, and director Andrew Baird's a friend, uh, and it was just that was kind of a cool, you know, and that was like a crazy one too because it was like very much like let's make it just fucked up right like and, and crazy because it you know it was just a an exploration and in, in darkness and and in getting you know sinister today on the show we are joined with professional film and music video editor nick pazillo right now nick had two absolute bangers to hit the theaters one titled butcher's crossing starring nicholas cage and another thriller titled your lucky day about a robbery going wrong both these movies are fucking awesome and around talking about making these films we dive into nick's career how he got here and hear about some iconic stuff he did in his music video life from working with bands like Korn, Arctic Monkeys, Portugal the Man, and much more. Nick is absolutely killing it, the hustle is real, and he also drops some amazing gems and advice for anybody who is into content creation and wants to take the next step in their video editing life. So yeah, let's get into it. Do you remember the first time you cut a video and was like, this is what I want to do with my life or. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, there was a Portugal, the man, uh, video that we did. And, uh, that, uh, actually the director of, of your lucky day, Dan Brown, uh, directed it, uh, as well. And that, I think that one, um, was, I think it was called all your light and, and it was like and and uh it was just it was just a i mean something where we had a creative you know goal and i think we like just surpassed it for even ourselves and like uh and the response to it was really cool and it was somewhat had some narrative elements to it and like and and uh was just allowed to be weird and tense and intense at times uh I think that that video for me was like, oh, okay, this could be fun, you know, just edit. I mean, I, I always enjoyed editing, but I think on that one, it was also part of the challenge was like, how do we make it that much cooler and interesting? Mm -hmm. Like there's a portion of the video where it's really just frames. It's like what you don't see is more than what you see. And like, and, uh, and it was just a matter of like picking which, individual frames you're looking at at any given moment it was just a kind of a fun horror thriller you know type you know idea that we were playing with that that uh the end of living i mean yeah i mean i kind of fall in love with all the projects but uh that one stands out for sure as an early video yeah oh that's super cool and uh yeah i'm definitely gonna check it out after uh we talk because a lot of my friends are really into that band as well like every time they come into the city they're like at the concert and it's just like i don't oh, know yeah. why i, I haven't took the deep dive but maybe this is my first step because everybody's spoken at me about it yeah there's there's like you know sometimes you work on you know videos and like you know you have to listen to the song many many times mm -hmm. sometimes that's great and you're just like you're you're still digging it on like the 
300th, you know, go. And, and sometimes you're, you know, it's like, uh, you know, the 10th round, but with that one, it was like, I could listen to it all, you know, every time and, and, and find, you know, something good in it, you know, something different that, that was like, uh, added to the, to the audio experience for me. Yeah, that's fantastic. I do, uh, like video editing as well, but more like lower budget stuff. And, uh, I totally get that when you got a song that's like great. It helps <laughs> so much, like even for just your mental state. And I want to know, like, cause like, it seems like you're so deep and on demand as an editor for these films and music videos and stuff. Uh, when you have moments of burnout like how do you refresh yourself because i notice myself like sometimes i have like days where like i've just been on the computer too much and it's just so hard to even like get the tasks done mentally even if i want to do it uh do you have days like that and do you have like any like uh methods or tips how to like kind of get out of that mindset to reset yeah so like i mean i think the micro breaks are great but even like you know you say on demand and I appreciate that it's, but it's like, you know, it's, a, it's spanning many years of work and, 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 uh, the hustle is real. Like every project, you know, is like, you know, is, is a hustle to get into and to, you know, um, and to then work on and, and work through. But the, I think that, you know, just the day to day, it's like, you know, I, I feel like sometimes, I feel like sometimes I might have like a unique, ability to be able to just sit and work and get lost in it right mm, and like yeah. not and where the other people can't do you know because they get they they just you know i mean they, they can't sit there for hours on end and not and not you know uh move around or think about other things i mean i i take like you know i'll work for like solid like just get lost in something for an hour or two but then i'll take a little micro break you know i'll go on social media unfortunately and and or you know it's like walk to the you know get some water a snack it's just like you know i think getting the blood moving especially in like when you're in a kind of creatively challenged place is always uh important but no i've never i mean i've just you know it's like this with even like listening to music i i, I can listen to, to even the the not so great ones over and over again i just am able to to zone out and still just to do the work like it mm -hmm. doesn't it doesn't get to me maybe i'm just a really patient person which would go against everything my wife would say but <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh but you know i don't know I, it, it, it's like because you do have to have that ability to really just like you know be there for as long as you need to because it won't get done unless you do the work you know what i mean and so you know it, that's the bottom line yeah, definitely. And I think that's so, so cool that you can just lock in like that. And even I talk to all sorts of different artists on here from musicians to comedians and other like actors and stuff. And they talk about a lot of them, like this flow state they get into when they're right. in their craft. Yeah. And it's almost like you lose track of time and just can like just zone in. And next thing you know, like you blink, it's like over and like uh, almost like a blackout in a way. And it seems like maybe you have like that sense of focus like when you're sitting down and editing a project and stuff like that i also feel like i have the add too it's like you know and, and it where it's like i want to do other things and i'm like nope no, get back into it you know it's like i slap myself and i'm like what are you thinking about what are you doing you know it's like you you, <laughs> you catch yourself wandering you know what i mean like but it but you have to you know i think any doing any art you kind of you know have to be able to get lost in it 
you know, because then you're really just making stuff and trying stuff and playing around because, you know, any editorial idea, unless you try a couple different things, you're not going to find the real magic, you know, it's like the, you have to test things and fail a million times and yeah. Yeah, totally. And um, you ever think of like some of like your earliest projects or even like learning like the editing software and then blink to what you're working on now and being like, holy fuck, that guy's now working on a Nicolas Cage movie. Like, <laughs> holy shit. Like, <laughs> that was the exact conversation I had with myself, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was holy fuck. Huh? Yeah. What am I doing here? Uh, yeah. and, uh, and, and thanking my lucky stars. Dude, it's like every step in like kind of the, the the filmmaking journey or the LA journey for me, like since 2002 has been like, how did I get here? And then I look back and I'm like, oh yeah, it's that, that, to that, to connect to that, to that, you know, it's like, and the bottom line has always been relationships. Just like the Nicolas Cage thing was like a friend of a friend introduced me to the director, Gabe Polsky and and who was looking for an editor after he had shot the movie and you know it was a relationship thing you know it was it was like there what i wouldn't have gotten that if my friend ha hadn't worked with him many many times on many many projects and and he you know and and we 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 you know liked each other's work and and got along really well so it it really is you never know where any job or project is going to come from but you try to make the best with the relationships they're in when you're doing the projects because it's not it's never a short sprint like you the people that you're working with now are still potentially going to be in the industry in 20 years you know maybe doing mm -hmm. other things or whatever and and so it's like things can come back around i mean you know it's it and to where it's like oh i your name comes up and it's a conversation oh wait you know that person oh, oh yeah i'd love to work with him again or you know whatever that is it's like so yeah, really. I mean, it's like you have to kind of build those really. And that's over time. You have to do it. And that's where it's like the short sprint of it. Like, don't treat it as just one project and one that you'll then never think about ever again, because those people will still be going on to other things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's just so, so much power in almost like just giving it your all on like every project and making an impression for people too. Cause like you said, like they'll remember you down the road for other things. And it's, it's kind of cool. Like uh, earlier you're talking about um, the director of your lucky day, who you also worked on a music video with that I didn't know. And like, that was probably like a full circle moment. Right. Or Oh, well, so we did, I mean, the Dan Brown story is a long one because we went to film school together in two in two thousand, and so oh, cool. We we've kind of grown up in the industry together. Outside of the film industry, we were in advertising for a long time, music videos, and and uh, and so there's like we've kind of seen each other blossom as creatives, both together on projects and separately on on stuff. And um, so no, it's that that was a dream you know, your lucky day was a dream project because we also did a short that the film was expanded from in 2010, you know? Oh, so, wow. Yeah. So like, it's like, uh, that one's, a, <laughs> that one's got some deep roots. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's actually, uh, extra cool to hear that layer on it too. Cause, um, that's, that's the movie out of the two that I got to check out. And I, I thought it was like, just super cool. And just, uh, I love like just the building of tension and everything, but like, yeah, for you guys to have that seed, like 13, almost 14 years ago and 
to bring it to life for like a theatrical release that's got to just like be a special feeling in your heart in a way you know it's been very special it's like just like giddy excitement you know and then uh, you know to add on to that that people are actually like vibing with it and enjoying it and like uh and being in a theater with people to to watch it it's like you know it's like there's always that conversation is is the, is a film a theater do i need to go to the theater for a movie right like it and this is like proven that like the theater experience is like it's just so important for especially certain movies i don't know like yeah there are some movies that just great at home but that communal like thrillers and stuff like that like i want to see every thriller at, or horror movie at the movie theater because it's doing with an audience where you know people next to you are like you know shaking in their seats or screaming out in like excitement because something great happens like there's just like you can't beat that and and oh, yeah yeah, we've experienced that with this. So it's been fun. Yeah, that's so cool that you got that experience. Even I got a reminder of that um, a couple weeks ago. I covered a horror film festival in Toronto, and uh, I was at the oh, theater cool. almost every day watching these films. And it's cool having like the directors there and the actors like watching too. But some of these films, they were like purposely like campy, like slasher films. But the theater was like yelling and cheering and stuff. Like it was like I was like at a sports game. I'm like, yo, I'm so glad I came to this because I could have sat at home and watched the screeners. But there's something about there being with the audience and just like watching it together and being on this ride and another layer of them just like being like all like yeah get into it if you like something cheer or whatever and it, it, it was is, special I mean, it, yes i mean movies are the theater of your right and it's it's meant to be a, like when you get humans together in a room we all start to kind of like vibe on the same frequencies and like and feed off of each other and and you know, so it, and you realize, oh, you're allowed to laugh or you're allowed to, you know, to to scream or whatever it is. And and, and it just becomes fun. Like, you know, I, and so there has to, you know, I, I where we've experienced some of that stuff and it's been fun. I mean, it's just been like it, it's been a dream come true. I, I can't get enough of it. I think, you know, the film's going to be out for only a, like a week and a half, I think, in, in uh, the Draft House Theater. So it's like. You know, I hope people get to see it that way, but I think a majority of everybody's it's going to be home, you know, but mm -hmm. maybe they'll invite friends to <laughs> to see it with them. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's crazy how like even like post or like over the pandemic, we got conditioned for being at home right. and you, even how fast these films get released too. It's like some they're like in the theater and like a week later like even like some of the biggest ones they're on demand and you can just watch it like on your computer but yeah like you you mentioned like that's not the way to do it you know you gotta be out no, there like with the, the big screen the sound everything the 90s you know early 2000s you know it's like when movies could still be in a theater you know for a very extended amount of time i mean you're you're talking about like months it's in the theater and then it takes months for them to see it on you know on vhs or dvd you know it's yeah, like sometimes it's, a year or two. yeah and you're just like waiting with when is that movie coming gonna be on dvd it was like a whole new you know event for the distributors you know when it would come out on dvd finally and and yeah the model is i mean it's it's blown up right i mean the whole yeah. industry is just different in that sense we're extremely lucky to even be in the theater I mean, just to even be in the theater is like, 
whoa like i mean especially for a film that size because i mean it's a it's an indie i mean it's a very very indie indie um and uh but you know it it definitely you know shoots beyond you know beyond its its weight you know and it punches beyond its weight and so it's it's very yeah it's cool yeah, yeah it's it's dope and yeah both both these films from butcher's crossing and your lucky day it's it's awesome that it's getting like this treatment too because i notice like sometimes like this industry it's moving so fast with like content and uh everything and it's just like lots of things get lost in the shuffle as well which like sometimes i'll see something years later and it's like why haven't i heard about this you know but it's just so much with like all the platforms and everything but um yeah, it's cool. Like, it seems like both these films are kind of getting a bit of a buzz and uh, hopefully like, uh, yeah, like people sink it in and share them and everything. Yeah. I mean, it's not hard with Nick Cage, you know. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> he is, uh, an, uh, uh, you can't even call him an island. He's a continent onto himself, like, you know, as far as the star power goes. So that, you know, anything that he does, people will, you know, w will flock towards and, and, uh, and, it, it you know it's exciting to be a part of that for sure you know and and uh be a part of his you know million film legacy it's it, yeah. it's cool you know and then yeah. and then in a film like you're like day which is a very small cast but then has such special performances you know from guys like angus cloud you know rest in peace it's like yeah. uh yeah it, it, it's wild but but a pleasure to to have worked with these people Definitely. And yeah, from from um, watching your lucky day too, like, uh, it's no doubt that you're really good at like, even like, the way you edit to piece together a story too. And uh, do you um, kind of like, I haven't watched like all your music videos, but do you also approach music videos with like, a story based mind? Or do you just kind of switch it up? For oh, a yeah. Situation? yeah. Oh, no, everything, everything, no matter what, it's always like, kind of like character and story first even when it doesn't need to be but it's like you know i try to have a bit of a like what's the thing that the audience is gonna because i think for an audience no matter what they want to attach to something that then is taking them through right if if a is not connected to z in any way then you don't have to see a you could just skip to z you know it's like it, it, it's nice when there is a bit of a cohesion of thought and um not every video is shot that way so it's like, you know, when you, when, you know, but even in the videos that aren't shot that way, I kind of try to find it, but it's not, you know, it's, you do what you can. And, and for me, I do what I can to kind of like get those things. But, you know, sometimes it's just an exercise of just creative, you know, blah, you know, you're just, and you're just kind of letting it all out and having fun on the timeline, you know, and, and, and uh, that's its own, you know, uh, you know, treat, you know, mm -hmm. whatever sure yeah and uh i know you had that holy fuck moment with the nick cage thing have you ever had that with a band or artist like on the music side where you're like oh my god i can't believe i'm doing a video corn was like yeah corn was yeah. that yeah 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 i mean it's, you know it's like you know freak on a leash and like they had some amazing iconic videos that you know and then to work with them and, and director andrew baird's a friend uh and it was just that was kind of a cool you know and that was like a crazy one too because it was like very much like let's make it just fucked up right like and and, and crazy because it you know it, it was just a an exploration and in, in darkness and and in getting you know sinister so oh, nice. it was a, you know it's kind of a you know i think that was 
that was definitely a fun one. Um, yeah, there's, I mean, there's a, there's a, you know, Arctic Monkeys was one, oh, cool. Was cool. like, you know, Arctic Monkeys, I, I love, I love them. I, you know, there's just like, whenever you get to work with a musical artist that you really enjoy as well, it's just, uh, it's kind of, you know, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, corn goes back to my teenage years of just being yeah. like, like just a little aggressive and having that in my ears and just again like those music videos are so iconic and it's so cool that like your name's a part of that as well and uh as you were like working through the process did you get to like talk to the guys at all like or... i was on set for part of that and got to yeah meet them and 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 just watch the you know production go down uh you know pretending to do work <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's amazing but uh but no it was you know it was just you know it was just a, a special kind of like uh access you know to something that that you know i think but it's it, it it's always you know different i mean once you see behind the curtain it's just like you know it's like i remember those guys were you know they were there serious getting it you know getting it done you know it's like yeah, no way it's not any music video you, there's you have very limited time very limited money and so it's like uh it, it, it's just about you know getting the day yeah it's a job and time is money on those sets too oh, yeah. so people come in and yeah just try to get it done too and even like um it's so interesting the way like things shifted with just the accessibility to people to become editors i remember back in the day you really had to go out of your way you had to get like a final cut or the adobe programs and now with like the TikTok generation and everything, everything's on your phone. You can cut, you can learn the basic skills of editing. And I think it's just like interesting the way like people's brains are getting like um, adjusted to this craft and could lead to other things, you know, if they're having fun making TikToks. Uh, yeah. yeah. My hope is that editors get a, just a, a small amount more recognition in the film world of like or just in the, not even in the film world the film world understands editors but in like the public world of like oh that's what an editor does because i think now that most every you know under 25 year old edits a ton on TikTok and social media you know CapCut and all these other little softwares that they're using to make these videos and they're all entertaining and it's like it's all they're all working you know they don't know it but they're working with pacing they're working with like little punchline moments and they're working mm -hmm. with like you know they're doing editing without the under but they understand they, and they understand oh this is a you know i'm gonna go edit my video real quick and so like that just it, it the exposure is that much more so maybe it won't be as much of the invisible art as it has been you know over the course of its history um and uh and you know but you know because it's it is it is a, a cool thing that that where the you know the pieces get put together you know the story gets made yeah it's, definitely yeah yeah and um this is kind of like a signature question and i usually say this as like the final question as well because a lot of different creatives and aspiring creatives do listen to these segments and stuff like that and uh maybe to kind of connect with what we were talking about if somebody's like on their TikTok and just like killing it and just loving it and like wanted to take the first step into like maybe networking into like the music video or film world like what what would you advise them to do to take like the next leap from maybe taking editing as a hobby to making it their profession 
it it's it always just comes down to yeah is someone going to pay you right for the i mean and knowing the software is important so there is certain because you can't you know i mean uh you can get away with like the more niche softwares of you know for a, a little bit if like someone's like hey i need a little video edited okay i can do that and you give them back a finished thing but once you get into the more professional realm you're going to be handing things around to different you know to the sound department to composers to finishing for color it's like so you need to understand how you know because it's a very once you get into the more professional world it's more it's a much more collaborative you know space you're working with a lot of different people and and they and and you're kind of the middle you know air, you know uh, person for all those roles and um and so you know knowing how to export edls knowing how to export you know it's like a project for color or for this and that and the other thing um finding editors that have been doing that and assisting for them you know becoming an assistant editor i mean that that's that's great i mean but like the, you know, the big softwares are Premiere, Avid, um, and uh, and there's other ones that are kind of creeping up, like uh, Resolve and and um, and that you can, you know, and Final Cut is still kind of in the game, but it's not used for as as much in the professional world. At any maybe sometimes, maybe on niche projects, but like. <laughs> I don't hear it, you know, you just don't hear it as much. Uh, like yeah. I, I grew up on Final Cut. I was working Final Cut 3 to to 10 or to 7, and then they just... See, know, they fell off somehow. Yeah. I don't know what happened. It, it That was a turning point for me because I was like, I had put all my eggs in that software basket. And I was like, what? Well, wait, what do I, how do I do my job? Like, and so I was like, I got to learn everything. I, and so I learned, you know, I, I worked on Premiere more. I worked on Avid more. And... Like both of those films that I worked on were avid, where I cut an avid. And um, and it's just like, know that once you know the softwares, they get out of the way and now you're just doing the art. You know, you're just trying to put the thing together and you're not having to think about the tool that you're using, the paintbrush you're using. You're just able to paint. So, yeah. Awesome, man. Well, well said. And thanks for that uh, little tip for any aspiring editors out there. And I uh, just want to let you know, like we're going to continue to share like some clips of this interview as like there's different uh, releases around like your lucky day and butcher's crossing and keep the word out about those films. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time today. I had a lot of fun talking to you. Yeah, you too. Uh, and, and uh, yeah, your lucky day comes out today. So it's, it's in theaters. Hell yeah. I'm going to make a post because I have no time to edit this interview, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they'll definitely like uh, hear about that uh, next week as well. And, uh, and yeah, again, again, like, thank you so much and hope you have a great day. Thank you for your time. And yeah. Talk to you. Cheers. Boom. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Nick. That was a fun talk. And as a fellow video editor, I feel like I probably could have had a five hour episode with him. <laughs> so many things to talk about and uh yeah but i always like to respect the time that has been given to me from the wonderful pr people who send me these awesome guests much love and respect this interview was recorded weeks ago and we'll give you all the updates on how you can watch your lucky day and butcher's crossing in the info section of wherever you're listening to this episode or watching this episode on youtube be sure to hit the subscribe button we're almost monetized <laughs> i need a few 
few more of those uh, subscribes and that would help me out a lot. And speaking of people who help me out a lot, we can't leave without thanking all you legends on the Patreon page. First up, Mike Carniello of the Testing with Mike YouTube channel. If you're into technology, electronics, how they work, and most importantly, how to fix them, check out Testing with Mike on YouTube. Another big thanks to the lovely Amanda McKnight. Beyond being one of the hosts of the famous YouTube channel, Top 10 Nerd, talking to millions of subscribers, Amanda McKnight has her very own YouTube channel that is such a good vibe and I totally recommend. You can find it by just typing in Amanda McKnight and it's a fun space for anybody who's into comic books, video games, films, much more, and all things nerdy. That's Amanda McKnight on YouTube. Also a big thanks to the wonderful Jenny Potter, the legendary Devin McBride, Ryan frickin' Campbell, my favorite soul singer, Saber, and last but not least, Francis Copper, AKA my mom. If you wanna support the show, get a shout out at the end of every episode, and also get these episodes early, raw, uncensored, uncut, Right when I'm done the Zoom call, I just post them. You can go to patreon.com slash the creative imbalance. And beyond having my forever thanks, you can just go to bed at night and sleep soundly, knowing you're a badass motherfucker who supports raw, uncut, independent media. And nobody can take that away from you. You hear me? With that being said, we're dropping a lot more episodes over the holidays. I got so many recorded, kind of building up a backlog, and I feel bad for not releasing them, but, uh, you know, you get busy. I got sick. I got COVID again. We're not going to go down that road, uh, but uh, I'm venting right now. But anyways, I love you, and I'll catch you real soon. Cheers.